We've been in this series called Get Your Hopes Up. And today I want to talk to you about how to keep your hopes up. Last week we looked at Mary and we observed her interaction uh, with the angel Gabriel. And we discovered that she had a holy visitation and that she was called a holy vessel, God's chosen vessel. And then we saw that she experienced a holy validation. And I failed to mention it last week, but I believe that Mary's experience is a pattern for every person who genuinely puts their trust in Jesus Christ. Mary had a personal encounter with God. I'm praying, listen, that you, this, especially in this season, you have a personal encounter with God. Mary had a personal encounter with the good news. How many know we need to encounter good news, come on, in a culture filled with bad news? And then lastly, she had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. We know that the Holy Spirit, come on, came upon her. And I believe that's the experience, listen, for everybody that's available to everyone who puts their trust in Christ, especially in this season. Where we left off last week, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary has believed the word and becomes pregnant with Jesus. It's at this point in the Christmas story, you guys, that we usually skip right to Luke chapter 2 and we read about Jesus' birth. As we head into the Christmas week, I want to encourage you and give you this assignment. I want you to read Luke chapter 2. I know our family, we read Luke chapter 2 every Christmas morning, 1 to 21, about the birth of Jesus. And so I'm going li- to leave that assignment up to you. But as we head into Christmas week, I want to talk to you about how to keep your hopes up. Let's be honest. Mary has had an encounter that is going to require her to have a lot of explaining to do. And no one is going to believe her, including her fiancé, Joseph. And it's important to understand that just as God was faithful to prepare you for the impossible, he'll prepare others to see that it was God and him alone who made it possible for you. You see, it leads me to my first point this morning. To keep your hopes up, you have to understand that many times after you receive your greatest favor, you'll be confronted by your greatest fears. I want to say that again, after you receive your greatest favor, many times you'll be confronted by your greatest fears. We know this is true because, listen, after Mary in Luke chapter 1, and you can read about Matthew's account in in, uh, Matthew chapter 1, when the angel encountered with Joseph, the angel said this to Mary. He said, do not be afraid, Mary. And then the angel said to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. You see, receiving God's favor doesn't mean you and I won't experience fear. It's understanding that the favor of God will cause you to overcome the fear of the impossibility you're about to face. Here's my honest take. Mary was an amazing woman of God. She knew that With God, nothing would be impossible. 
She believed the unbelievable. In essence, where we left off last week, Mary said, come on, the famous song that's out right now by Maverick City, if you said it, I believe it. If God said it, I believe it. She said this, and we concluded, we concluded our message last week with this statement. She said, God, let it be done to me according to your word. But then, the last sentence that we left off, but then the angel departed and things got real. This is where fear can come in and cause you and I to hesitate rather than gravitate towards hope. You see, hope will pull you towards God's promise, but fear will repel you and I from the promise of God and cause us to backpedal. You see, Mary had to make the transition. Come on, this is very practical this morning and very practical in this Christmas season. Mary had to make the transition now from a conversation with heaven now to a conversation with her future husband. Yes, that's, that's how real it got. You see, some of us are great with our conversations with God, but we can't talk to our spouse about anything. Some of us boast about having these awesome encounters with God, but we can't have healthy conversations with the people of God. You see, you and I, we have to begin to trust God in having healthy conversations, not avoiding healthy conversations. The thing that I was most concerned about when God uh, first called us here to real life, I was actually at work and an email uh, came and landed in my inbox and I opened it up and it was an invitation asking uh, if we would consider uh, submitting our name uh, for the interview process here at real life. Now I just want to set up the scenario a little bit for you. I've talked about it a little bit. But we had lived in Folsom uh, at that point for 14 years. Um, our kids had just left the house. The house was completely remodeled. We had the inside done just a couple of years, and, and I had just got all the landscape. I put in new fences. I put in a new driveway, hardscape in the back. It was just like all I needed was the swimming pool, y'all, and it would have been perfect. This was the house. We were good with it, 1,200 square feet, no kids, come on, two empty bedrooms now, I'm going to make one my office, right, one will be the guest room, listen, everything, we were just like, we were set, you guys, and then the email came about the invitation, I've told the story before, I went immediately to my pastor, submitted to him, but then I realized that I was going to have to talk to my wife about it. And little did I know, you guys, because listen, we've been there 15 years, emotionally attached for sure. Man, we had the security. We had paid down the mortgage way down. And so we were comfortable. We were secure. We were, we were looking at living in that neighborhood another 15 years, if, if I'm completely honest. Loved My job was just a few minutes uh, down the street. The church was literally just minutes from our house. And so it was all set. And I was really concerned because, you know, women love security, right? They love security and, and, and you know, change. And I've kind of known, been kind of known to interrupt things and 
in the history and in the past and said, hey, we're going and we're going and we're going. And, and I just didn't want to have the conversation uh, with Amy. But when I got home and I, to- I, I barely got three words out of my mouth, I said, babe, you're not going to believe it. We got an invitation from real life. And she said, yes. I said, excuse me? She said, she said, yes, God's already been talking to me several weeks ago. He told me that whatever you came to me with, just say yes. How many know that could be comforting, right? You see, God was faithful to prepare Amy to say yes before the email even hit my inbox. And God did the same with Joseph. Listen, and he'll do the same for you and I if we're willing to have healthy conversations. God will prepare others to see that it was God and him alone who made it possible for you to do the impossible. It leads me to my second point of how to keep your hopes up in this season is that you've got to hurry up and get in the place of praise. You and I, we have to hurry up. We can't hesitate. We can't wait. We can't wait to talk ourselves out of it. We've got to hurry up and we've got to get in the place of praise. We pick up the story this week in Luke chapter 1, verse 39. It says, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country. Listen to this, to a town in Judah. Listen, the Bible doesn't even mention The name of the town, which was Galilee and Nazareth, which we talked a little bit about last week, an insignificant place. It just says a town in Judah. The word haste means she literally went with excessive speed and urgency to Judah. Notice where she hurries off to. Luke doesn't even mention, again, the the town, just the region. She goes to Judah. If you guys were with us in our Holy Roar series, you know the importance of Judah. Come on, the importance of praise in the life of a believer. Your hope in what God is about to do will always be within close proximity of your praise. Listen, praise will put you back in touch with hope. You see, the first place Mary goes is the place of praise. Why? Why? Because praise will keep your hopes up. Praise will keep you centered on who God is. Praise will keep you locked into what God has spoken over you. Praise, listen, prevents me from being fearful. Praise helps me carry to full term the very thing that God has deposited in me. And it helps me, listen, not to abort his plans and his promises over my life. And I just feel like God is saying over you and I today, you have to know where to run to keep your hopes up. Listen, stop running away from the promise. Listen, run towards praise, and praise will release the promise in you and through you. You see, God says today, don't run and hide. Listen, the thing thing that Mary encountered 
could have been a very shameful experience. Listen, if she allowed the enemy to talk her out of it. Oh, you just had, you ate some bad uh, falafel, right? You, you, you had a bad salad. Whatever it might have been, you had some bad Mediterranean cuisine. No, no. But Mary said, you know what? I'm impregnated, come on, with something supernatural on the inside. And listen, if I'm going to cultivate that, listen, I better hurry up. Come on, I better, with urgency, get in the place of praise. Psalm 42, verse 5 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. In other words, the psalmist says, you know what? I've been here before. I've just got to remind my soul, come on, to keep on praising him despite the problem, despite the circumstances, despite the situation. I've just got to hurry up. I can't delay. I can't hesitate. I've just got to hurry up and get into praise. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. You see, I believe like never before, some of us have to learn in this season how to talk to our soul. We've got to learn how to talk our soul into praise instead of allowing your soul to talk you out of hope. The last several weeks, I'm going to be super honest here. The last couple of weeks, my exercise regiment has been disrupted in a bad way. I was, uh, the gym opened back up that I, that I have a membership at, and, you know, I go three to four times a week, but I was hitting that, that four times a week every week, and I was actually thinking about a fifth day. For me, that's a, that's a real step, that's a real big step for me. I was thinking about a fifth day because I was feeling good about what was happening and then the, the shutdown came again, our gym shut down, and uh, they have these videos they make that you can, uh, that are part of your membership, and, and then, then something else happened, the weather turned, and then I started, uh, my, my exercise routine started getting interrupted, and I wasn't that enthusiastic about working in my coal garage, and instead of waking up like I usually do and saying, praise the Lord, it's a new day, the thought I'm battling is it's too cold, just stay in bed for a few more minutes, right? Instead of getting my workout done early like I usually do, the thought I'm battling is why don't you wait till the afternoon when it warms up a bit and you don't have to wear, you know, a sweatshirt and sweatpants and all those things and you'll have a better attitude in the afternoon. How many you know that workout never happened? Instead of being determined to get my workouts completed, my soul the last couple of weeks has completely dictated to me to how much exercise I'm getting done. And can I just tell you, absolutely no workouts have happened. Zero. The last couple of weeks, I have not worked out one bit. Why? Because I'm allowing my soul to dictate to me that it's too cold. Come on. That it's too early. But we do the same thing regarding the spiritual disciplines of prayer, praise, and reading God's word, and, and, and being silent before him. Why? God, and these are the same things, listen, that keep us in hope. You see, when we allow our soul to dictate to us what we are going and not going to do, we fall out of hope. 
our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotion. Our soul likes to be in charge. But as believers, listen, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to rise up in us in this season. And listen, we've got to put our soul in check. This is what the psalmist was saying. He's saying, why are you so downcast? Come on, why are you so sad? Why are you so down? Why are you so depressed, oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? The psalmist is talking to his soul and he's saying, soul, Hope in God. You're going to praise him. I know you don't feel like it. Listen, I know you got a bad attitude, but soul, you are going to praise him. It leads me to my third point. If you're going to keep your hopes up, you have to know how to seek God's confirmation in your life. Luke chapter 1 verse 40 says, and she, talking about, talking about Mary, entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. You remember last week in verse 36, God told Mary, God told Mary, or the angel told Mary that her cousin Elizabeth, who was too old to have kids, was six months pregnant. And this is what I want to say to you. To keep your hopes up, listen, you and I have to get around people, come on, that are pregnant with hope. They're pregnant with faith. And we've got to surround ourselves with people who will understand God's assignment on our life and not talk us out of it. They've got to understand God's assignment on your life so you and I won't abort it. I've seen it over and over again. People who found favor with God received a promise but lost it because they didn't understand the process of seeking God's confirmation. And Mary puts it on display so beautifully for you and I. And this is, again, this is a part of the story, the Christmas story, listen, that we skip over and we fail to learn all the lessons that Mary taught us. Luke 141, it says, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The first step in confirmation that I want to give to you is this. Confirmation establishes you in the truth God already has revealed to you. I want to say that again. Confirmation establishes you in the truth God already has revealed to you. Listen, I would be very careful. Listen, if someone is telling you or prophesying in you in the name of the Lord something about your life you already haven't had a conversation with God about. The spiritual gift of prophecy when functioning in purity, listen to my heart, because I'm just telling you right now, the body of Christ, listen, is in chaos right now over this subject, but listen, the spiritual gift of prophecy when functioning in purity doesn't necessarily bring new revelation, it actually brings confirmation and confidence about something you already knew down deep inside of you. 
And listen, what that person was prophesying over you, what that person was, listen, it confirmed something in you. Listen, it touched hope way down deep inside your belly. And you said, yep, I already know. God spoke that to me when I was 18 years old. When I first got saved, God said you would be a pastor. When, when I first got saved, God said I would go to the nations, whatever it may be. Listen, when that person spoke to you, it touched hope inside of you. And it began to release faith to believe God for the things that he wanted to do in your life. Confirmation establishes you in the truth God already has revealed to you. And the second step is this. Confirmation should always be accompanied by joy and celebration. Listen, if you're looking for confirmation, listen, and the people that dearly love you, come on, have invested in your life. Listen, have cried with you, have prayed with you. Listen, if they're not jumping for joy and excited about what God is doing in your life, I would just say, you know what? Slow down and listen, and literally just listen to what they have to say to you. Luke 1, verse 45 says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Listen, when we're seeking confirmation, listen, the people around you, listen, they should experience a leap of joy for you and what God is doing in your life. When people come to me as a pastor and say, Pastor Dean, God has put this and there's a, there's a yes in my spirit. I just, I rejoice with them. I celebrate them. Listen, God might be moving them to a different church. God might be moving them to the mission field. But listen, I'm not trying to hold them back. No, I'm fired up. I'm excited because God's doing something in them Listen, that, that God has spoken to me about, and I get to bless that in Jesus' name and see it multiplied. I love, I, I was a youth pastor for 10 years, and I love looking back to just special moments. And kids now that were in my youth group are now in full-time ministry or in other in other career, professional career, still serving God. And I, I can look back and just remember just confirming what God was saying to them when they were teens. And now to see that fulfilled, some of them have large families. Some of them are, are blessed and fruitful in their careers. It's so rewarding. You see, that's why I believe deeper connection, community, and discipleship have to be at the forefront as we step into 2021, because I believe confirmation comes through those closest to you and those who you are submitted to. God's been speaking to me about this 3D that we're, that we're going to see unfold in 2021. Deeper connection, deeper community, and deeper discipleship, and then also seeing the prayer life of this church. Listen, touch levels that we've never experienced before. You see, confirmation comes by cultivating community with people that we're doing life with. And confirmation comes through the spiritual disciplines of reading and meditating on God's word, physical rest, silence, and listening. I just want to say this again. Confirmation should be a joyous occasion for everyone in the house, not just you. 
when Mary entered into the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth, she stepped into a house filled with hope that would release supernatural confidence, joy, and expectation for the promise she was carrying. And it leads me to my last and final point. If you're going to keep your hopes up in this season, Christ who is revealed to you must be released through you. Luke 1 verse 46 says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. You see, how do you keep your hopes up? Once you get hope, how do you keep your hopes up? Listen, hope in the Lord releases you and I declare the greatness of God to hopeless situations. When we hope in God, listen, it releases you and I to declare the greatness of God to people without hope. And when we, hope, when we put our hope in our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, listen, it will cause your spirit to rise above your feelings. It will cause hope to rise above your thought life and your attitude. And listen, hope will release you to an exceeding joy. It's a joy in this season that is better than you, that better than anything you and I could ever experience in this life, an eternal joy. And listen, in verse 46 to 55, Listen, we experience this song, and Mary begins to release a song of hope. It's the first Christmas song we never sing. And I want you to allow the Holy Spirit this morning, as Teresa comes, listen, to minister to you as she sings this song of praise. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in my Savior. He has seen the humble state of my heart. And now all will call me blessed. Praise the Almighty God. He's done great things for us. Mercy is free for those 
there is justice may generations to generation loudly proclaim his faith proclaim his faith we praise your name that blessed you as it blessed me again a Christmas song that we never sing yet it released hope to humanity you see when the hope of Christ is in on the inside of you like it was Mary listen things that no one thought were possible listen will be released through you I love the final verse of this particular part in the Christmas story. It says, And Mary remained there with Elizabeth and Joseph for three months, and then she returned home. You see, this is what I want us to see. This is how Mary kept her hopes up. Listen, in a season, listen, that she could have easily doubted. Listen, Mary came to Judah without a song, but she returned to her home, come on, with praise on her lips and a hope, come on, that what God had said to her, come on, would be birthed through her, the Savior of the world. You see, 1 Peter 3.15 tells us 
But in your hearts, set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your life. Listen, the best thing that you could do in this season is to just take a moment, to just step back from everything and just acknowledge him and say, Jesus, you have first place. You know, it's easy, even as believers, even if you've been doing this for a long time, it's easy to get that wrong and something can easily take the place of Christ in our lives. But listen, I want to encourage you just acknowledge him right now. Maybe you're watching for the first time and, and you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to encourage you. Just open your heart to him and say, God, I acknowledge you as my personal Lord and Savior. I want you to take first place in my life. The passage goes on to say, acknowledging him, giving him first place in our life. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and competent assurance that is within you, yet with gentleness and respect. With gentleness and respect. Church, this Christmas, we have reason to not only get our hopes up, but we have a reason to keep our hopes up. Listen, you are about to experience your greatest favor. But listen, at the same time, you might be confronted with your greatest fear. I want to say, listen, keep in hope. Listen, don't wait and don't allow doubt to come. Listen, hurry up and get into praise. The very things that God has said to you. Listen, get into praise and don't let the enemy talk you out of hope in this season. Listen, if you're needing confirmation in your life, get around people that are filled with hope, filled with faith, that, listen, will come alongside of you and pray with you and believe God with you. Whatever you're contending for in this season. And then lastly, what's been revealed to you? Listen, will you release it? Will you release it to your family? Will you release it to your friends? Will you release it to your neighbors? The hope that is in you. Come on, will you give others an opportunity to put their hope and trust in their Savior, Jesus Christ? Church, let me pray. Father, I just thank you right now, God, for the hope that you've given us. God, I pray for the hope that is inside us. Hope is in a person. It is only found in you, Jesus Christ, my Savior. Jesus Christ, my anchor. Jesus Christ, the one who never wavers. We thank you, Lord, today. Lord, I acknowledge you and I give you first place in my life. God, in my home, in my family. God, in my business. Lord, first place, first place. Lord, and I just ask you right now to take your place, take your place in every heart, and God, fill it with hope right now. Fill it with hope in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen.